stopping by. Glad to have this man on. His, uh, his name is Eric Prince. He is the founder of Blackwater, and we all know about Blackwater. We're going to talk about that at length. And he's joining us from a far-flung place, but he, he found a place to set up the phone, and we're all set. Eric, nice to meet you. How are you? Nice to meet you. I've got to ask you something because I'm a music guy. Did you name it after the Doobie Brothers song or not? <laughs> no. Uh, it came from, uh, as we were putting in the, the culverts to uh, to build the place, because the the whole land is about as flat as your kitchen table, so it doesn't okay. drain. We're putting in drain culverts, and as we were in the ditches, uh, our legs were getting dyed black oh, wow. from, the, uh, from the black water. So you're, you're a former special uh, forces guy, and you wanted to put together a team of other people that did what you did. I just, I, how do you have the idea, let's put together a team that can be independent contractors that will still do the work of, of what we did when we were still enlisted? How, how do you even come up with that idea? SEAL teams have been using private facilities since the 70s, and no one had been able to do it on an industrial scale. Okay. Um, because of my dad's success and me getting out of the Navy earlier than I planned to because of my dad's death, and my wife getting cancer, <clears throat> I built a training facility. But I didn't know anything about business or land development or government contracting. But what could go wrong? So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, it turned out pretty well, though. Go ahead. It did. It did. It went back to the, you know, when you, when you do things like that, you go back to the well that you know. And I hired some very capable guys that I worked with in the SEAL team. And uh, they just built a business, and uh, they built a great organization. I'm extremely proud of them. It is uh, the founder of Blackwater. He, he, uh, you sold it in what, 2010, right? I did. Okay, Actually, so- in 2010, and have still been doing some consulting and advising in, uh, around the space since then. It's Eric Prince. Go to this website. It's Unplugged.com. Unplugged.com. He's working on a phone that you're going to want to hear a lot more about. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I just got done watching a YouTube video, just a bit of it, of you with, um, with Mehdi Hassan. And this guy was working for Al Jazeera at the time. He's now MSNBC, and he's a big fat lion liar. The question and actually, I, they just fired, they just fired him because oh, did they fire many his son? Oh, yes. good. Um, well, well, then rightfully so, because I've seen videos of him when he's not on television, and he wasn't the guy he pretended to be. But having said that, no. let me ask you this: I've been invited on shows because I'm a conservative guy and I've got a pretty good reach to come and debate people. That's something I'll do. But. When I looked into the people that invited me on their shows, I realized it was going to be just some sort of a trap. Why sit down with that guy? By the way, I think you did great. I think you did fine. But no, every every you know piece what? of paper he had in front of him was against you. Sure. Uh, my mistake there was that was supposed to be a debate, but I let it was a, it was not a live to tape debate, and so that was probably two and a half hours of debate that they cut down to an hour and a half. They just cut out all my strong answers. Did they tell people and that they were going to do that? Because that's not that's not okay. They violated the terms of the contract. Wow. Because yes. I'm so watching was, it and I'm going, I mean, was, you're... That was my error because I came away right. from that debate at Oxford feeling very confident because I yeah. gave very strong answers. I know that space. He's just a hack. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, lesson learned. Nothing but only live to tape or even yeah. better live TV. I'll do extremely hostile interviews. I've done many. Yeah. But always if it's live, then you can give a solid answer and they can't uh, they can't cut you out. When President Trump does an interview now, they record independently on their side, too. I was invited on the BBC not too long ago about the Second Amendment and why do we need all our guns in, in America? And uh, I recorded locally as well, I, and I let them know. I'm recording this entire thing. I won't let you take it out of context. So, so yeah, lesson learned, certainly. From what I saw, you still did great, but he was picking and choosing one, two, three incidents out of thousands of missions that you at Blackwater did. So uh, if you don't mind, those watching and listening don't know other than what they hear in the news media about Blackwater, 
How many missions total? Do, do, do you know? It's in the thousands, obviously, but how many? More, a hundred thousand plus protective missions wow. between Iraq and Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, I think in less than one half of one percent did the guys ever result to any uh, any kind of firearms. So and this is doing it for years in war zones, and no one under our care was ever killed or injured. So, you know, that's a that's a long time ago. I'm not here to relitigate that. Uh, lessons learned. Be careful who you work for. Yeah. Um, I, I would never work for the State Department again because I just don't think they're worth it. Well, it, it sounds, worth, worth, they were not it, worth the sacrifice of my men. Understood. And it sounds and, and again, I'm on your side. I'm not relitigating anything. I'm actually saying the guy ambushed you and you did a very good job on that interview. But uh, knowing what I know about you and about the organization, the number of incidents that were even questionable is like a handful, is it not? Correct. I mean, yeah, it, I look. Yeah. And the other, the, so the other thing that, uh, that that set us back is when we were doing, call it um, missions for a non-government customer. Okay. We had cameras at our vehicles, which allowed us to record just the same way that police officers have uh, trooper cams, so they can't have a he said, she said right. claim. Um, and the cameras are there to protect our people as much as it is to protect the populace. But it serves right. as a as a neut- neutral third party observer. The State Department prohibited us from having those in our vehicles. Uh, it's uh, Eric Prince. He is uh, the founder of Blackwater. He also, he's got a new phone called Unplugged. If you want to show the phone, because you showed it to me a second ago, sure. but by, by all means, it's a cool uh, um, smartphone that actually is protective of, of where you are, who you are, what you're doing. We'll talk more about that in earnest in a moment. It's a very cool phone. I hope to get my hands on one soon. I can't leave Blackwater yet, though. Um, you brought up a story in one of the interviews I saw about uh, how the Halls of Montezuma to the, to the, to the shores of Tripoli um, that there were a bunch of mercenaries involved in those in those military actions as well. The word mercenary bothers me a little bit, and here's why. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. A mercenary, I get the feeling, is somebody that will take the money and work for anybody for the money, whereas I think you'll take the money and work for somebody as long as it fits your values. Am I wrong about that? Uh, that's an accurate statement. Yeah. But uh, but here's the thing. It, it, even think about going to the all-volunteer force. Yeah. In like 1972 or three. When General Westmoreland was debating against Milton Friedman in Congress about yeah. the merits of going to an all-volunteer force, what the entire U.S. military has been for almost 50 years, right? Westmoreland said, I don't want to lead an army of mercenaries. And Friedman's answer to that was, well, uh, I am served by a mercenary accountant, butcher, and mechanic to fix my car. He said, because if you're not paid a fair wage for the right. job that you do, you're a slave. And so that's uh, even even the four star chief of staff of the army called an all volunteer army, an army of mercenaries. So, look, that's a that's a pejorative term. It is. And that's why I brought it up. Yeah. The fact is, look, we have an all volunteer force and the people that worked for us were Blackwater back in the day were volunteers again because they were already military veterans. And now they're going abroad. They're volunteering to serve their country. Yes, they're paid well, but they're paid to take risks. And sometimes. The men are injured, and then we lost more than 41 killed in action doing the work of right. the U.S. government to protect diplomats or rescue soldiers or whatever the mission might be. 
It's Eric Prince. Go to the website, unplugged.com. You'll find out more about this phone we're going to talk about it in a moment here. He's the founder of Blackwater. Uh, Eric, why was Blackwater necessary? Again, uh, I'm not somebody who hates on Blackwater. I think you guys did the job you were hired to do. You did it very, very well, maybe even better than some military members. But as an American, I think to myself, if we want a military action to happen, our military should do it. Why would any outside contractor even be involved? Uh, it depends on the mission. Of course, uh, Blackwater was used in, in, in times of stability-type operations where it was supposed to be past major combat operations. And so when okay. you take a very capable conventional unit and now you stop and have to be acting as police trainers or bodyguards or helping in reconstruction, it's hard to retask immediately the guy that does the air defense missiles or an artilleryman or a chemical warfare specialist. And so that leaves gaps in capability, and that's what contractors can fill, whether you can hire more cops to do policing or high-end special operations veterans to do uh, more training of the, uh, of the friendly forces to, to, to whatever that mission is. So, look, contractors have been around the battlefield literally since the Continental Army was, farmed. It was founded across the street from the White House is Lafayette Park. Right. Statues of Lafayette, Rochambeau, and Steuben Kosciusko. Foreign military officers, professionals that came and built the Continental Army. Uh, I think on Von Steuben's statue, it says he gave training and discipline to the Army of the United States. Literally the guy that trained them at Valley Forge as their holdup for a winter. It's so, Eric look, Prince. Love Go it ahead. Or hate it. It's, it, love it or hate it. It's as old as warfare itself. Yeah. And it's cost effective. 98, 99% of our revenue was competitively bid. So... Look, it's uh, people can complain about it, but um, yeah. but the fact is, most people have no understanding of how the military works because we have such narrow participation in the military anymore today. And the really sad fact is that seventy five percent of American youth today are too fat, too out of shape, medicated, or tattooed to even qualify to apply to serve in the military. So, and I, and I think that's on uh, purpose, by the way. Societally, I think it's on purpose. I think they want people to be fat and easy to control. But that's another topic for another day. I think I think you make all, all very good points. I just didn't understand why we would need to hire outside contractors. I think that you explained it very well. Eric Prince is his name. He is the founder of Blackwater. One, one more question just on military stuff. I want to get into the phone. Um, what's going on in Israel right now? He, he, here's the duopoly that's happening in this country and elsewhere. The one thing is... You know, Hamas is is just a terrorist organization. It's not the Palestinians. And and Israel has the right to fight back, but only if it's commensurate somehow. When when, when uh, Israel did it from the air with missiles, that was too much. You're killing civilians. you got to go into the ground. They go into the ground. That's too much. You're killing civilians. Should you still be in charge of Blackwater and you get con- contracted to work with the IDF, how do you take out Hamas and save civilian lives? Can you? Uh, the first thing I would do is use modern drilling technology uh, and drill very large holes and flood all those tunnels. If you take away the underwater or the underground maneuver and storage capacity of Hamas, it, it, it doesn't level the playing field, but it takes away a huge advantage from that, that they enjoy today. And you can do that without having to blow up any houses or buildings or really cause any you know, significant civilian casualties. Because that, that's the argument. You, you can respond, but only the exact number or something. And, and no, you can't ever stop until Hamas is gone. Hamas will do it again. Uh, and, and that's that's kind of the ridiculous, you know, the, the ridiculous, again, duopoly that's being played out here. Um, 
you just go and you kill the bad guy, you get rid of him. But, the, but if the bad guy's hiding, hiding in the mosque or hiding in the hospital or hiding in the elementary school, how do you surgically do that? Well, here's the thing. When you look at what Assad did in Syria and no other Arabs in the entire Arab world complained about Assad, and that was a Alawite, a Shia, killing Sunnis. Um, so there is absolutely a double standard. And the apologists for the Muslim Brotherhood, the Al Jazeera's funded by Qatar, right. absolutely do all they can to, flam- to, to fan those flames. It is uh, Eric Prince, the founder of Blackwater. Just great information. I was looking forward to interviewing you. I had a bunch of questions that popped into my brain. Thank you for taking all of them. Um, I've got my iPhone in my hand. My iPhone's tracking me everywhere I go. It knows everything I do. It has uh, all of my passwords. It's got everything just about. And that's not a safe place. It's not a safe way to live in this day and age. I saw your phone called Unplugged. Go to Unplugged.com to find out more about it. Why is it necessary? What does it do for me? Why is it better than what I have now? Sure. Your uh, your iPhone or your Android phone running Google mobile services collects and resells your data to the tune of $180 per year. They know where you go, what you buy, who you call, and what you browse. That's just the phone already. Before even the apps that you have on your phone are also collecting and you're collecting and, and disseminating your data to sell advertising. Uh, everyone. So the difference about our phone is that it doesn't have an advertising ID. It doesn't have the da- the, the number the unique identifier number which allows your phone to track, to correlate to your movements. Again, where you go, what you buy. Um, it, it literally enables the apps on your phone to turn on the microphone, to turn on the GPS, to listen. Everyone I've talked to about this phone has a story of them maybe talking to their wife about uh, needing new bed sheets or a new mattress, talking about it in the bedroom. And the next day they're getting advertising on their phone, which means the phone is listening. Our phone is intended to to maximize your privacy. We don't have an advertising ID. This is our hardware with our operating system that specifically blocks all the ad trackers and malware to listen that 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 enable uh, apps today to harvest and sell your data, uh, literally showing your entire pattern of life. There's nobody did, I know that, we, that doesn't we, have a story like this. that. Go ahead. We, we, did, we did this after the nonsense around the 2020 election, right. before and after the election, of big tech being able to censor, being able to shut off certain apps from their app stores, and, and, and literally controlling free speech. And so, you know, I, I feel that between big tech and big government, the pendulum has swung very far away from free speech and, and from the Fourth Amendment. Having uh, um, not being subject to random government surveillance, right? And so we built a phone which maximizes individual privacy, security, and so that you protect your data, you own your data, and it's not shared widely um, or with anyone uh, with our phone. But without the identifier, that's a big deal, obviously. With your own um, um, operating system, that's great, obviously. But then people will say, "Yeah, but there are some of those apps I really love to use." Are there still apps available that will make my life more convenient because I've got the device where I'm not sure. getting tracked, but I still get to use the app? Yes, and you can still use, if you want to use Facebook on our phone, you can. It's just yeah. going to behave a little differently because it's not collecting all your data and measuring all your preferences. If you look at a, a browser on our phone, there might be some big gray areas in the middle of the page. Why? Because you're not getting ad pop-ups 
blasting you in the face every few seconds. That actually sounds we pretty to good to me. In the world, <laughs> in the world, but not of the world. No, that sounds very good to me. That's a nice move. I would love to have gray areas instead of all that advertising. And without a doubt, my phone can be in the other side of the room, Eric, and I could talk about a, a movie or, or a celebrity, and then I'm, I'm seeing videos from them almost immediately. Exactly. This is the first phone in the world with its own firewall where you have definite settings on and off where you control what the phone is doing and what it's, what it's, what's being used, whether it's the microphone, the GPS, um, uh, even now, you know, when you plug your phone in on a commercial aircraft to, to charge it in the back of the seat, right? Uh, unless you have our phone, the <laughs> the aircraft could literally suck all the data out of your phone. So, it basically, modern phones have become a public um, a public broadcasting system for all your public data, and we decided to do something about it and give people the means to control their data. And so, you can order a phone at unplug.com. Um, we have uh, 9,000 more units coming early February. And uh, look, it's not for everybody. If you're 16 years old and you posted what you had for breakfast on Instagram, <laughs> probably not for you. But if you're an adult that you care about your data, yeah, uh, you know. but even if you're a parent, uh, there was just an article about a month ago in The Atlantic, uh, and it said by the time a kid reaches the age of 13 in America, they have been digitally profiled 72 million times Stunning. by big tech and advertisers basically digitally grooming, knowing all your preferences, where you go, what your routine is, everything. Uh, so in an era of AI and, uh, and and big data being collected everywhere, we figured we want to give people a fighting chance to control their data and to control their privacy. We also have our own secure messenger, right? Um, which allows you to communicate securely with your friend group, with your family, with your colleagues uh, in a way that um, – Again, we maximize the first and the fourth amendments. I want people to go in. We cannot be free people unless we can communicate freely and securely. Absolutely. It is uh, Eric Prince. Go and get this phone. Go check out more about it. All the information's there. Unplugged.com. Unplugged.com. Eric, let's do it again soon. I appreciate your time. All right, Joe. Thank you. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have Eric Prince on. Also, we had Carl Higby. The both those interviews will be up on Rumble tonight. Go to rumble.com slash Joe Pags. That's Polo. That is Sam. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Have a great night, Mike. This is the Joe Pags Show.